When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. When I hear you talk about uh, beignet box, there's an excitement here. Uh, it just, I, I didn't want to, I wanted to own something. I want to have ownership to something. I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I was definitely taking notes. We're here at Beignet Box, home of the best beignets in the world. Just so happens to be owned by Christina Million. Yeah, man, I'm excited. Heard a lot about it. I'm looking forward to this, man. See how it goes. See what she got chefing up. How you doing, guys? We're, we're, we're great, we're great. Welcome how are you? to the kitchen. What we got going on here? Uh, I'm making beignets. Okay. Good old classic New Orleans style beignets, but here in LA. Actually, there's a couple of us, so let me make a couple more because yeah, yeah, yeah. the way you're going to want it is hot and fresh. This is perfect, because I've never had a beignet before. No way. This is true. Nothing says breakfast like beignets. No, breakfast, <laughs> lunch, dessert, everything. It's all ours. Once you try it, it's just, when you're fiending for it, you need to have it. So we got one, two, three, four, five. We'll do two. So what's the difference between New this Orleans and, and French? Is it the same thing, or is it a little different? Uh, you know, it is derived off of the French version. So, okay, so uh, the French, obviously colonized in in uh, Louisiana. I'm not from Louisiana, by the way, mm -hmm. okay. but I know my, my stuff. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And obviously brought desserts. They brought a lot of different, you know, recipes, uh, you know, even just to our country. We've all, now we've mixed and matched everywhere. We have all types of food everywhere. But in Louisiana, beignets is a known, like, dessert over there. Mm -hmm. um, if it's not that, then there's the king cakes. And both of those things are derived from both French pastries. Mm -hmm. Um, except they put a Louisiana twist on it. Put their own swag on it. Yeah, so if you go to France and you try a beignet, it's going to be completely different from a beignet that you're going to try here in the States or in Louisiana. And our beignet here that we make, um, it's like the L.A. version, but kind of like a little bit bigger than that. So the ones that you usually have when you're in Louisiana tend to be more dense, a little bit like a thicker, kind of more bready. Um, Consistency and ours are lighter. It's like more of like a flaky kind of more, uh, I'd say like almost like a croissant. But I heard the French accent. Croissant. <laughs> we got a French chef here too. Um, but yeah, this you're witnessing me doing my favorite thing. This is my favorite thing to do. I love cooking back here. And sometimes it gets crazy busy back here. So you really, flipping. you really, you really do it. Yeah, that's like from the beginning when we first started. We got our truck, and from the truck, that's where I like you know we didn't have many employees. It was just us and then our friends that were coming to work with us. And so we learned how to do all of it. I mean, That's my partner, she knows how to do it, yeah. but she taught us all. And then, like, I literally, I love to cook and I love to meet the customers. So, so you well, first experienced it in New Orleans? Is that how this First happened? experience in Louisiana. Yeah, and Louisiana. then how did we get to the point where it was like, I love this so much, let's create a business. <laughs> um, well, my best friend and I were roommates and we said we wanted to do some kind of a business together. Yeah. And we loved it so much because, I mean, seriously, when you're in New Orleans, it's all about food. Like the flair about New Orleans, it's the vibe, it's the music. There's so many things about New Orleans that makes it so special, but we did keep going back for beignets, I'll tell you that. That was one thing we were like, oh, we need beignets again, but we didn't want to have them cold. 
We couldn't bring them back, you know, from from Louisiana to L.A. cold because it doesn't taste the same. So mm -hmm. we were like, why don't we just open up a spot in L.A.? Because there's no, like, it's such a unique business and it's such a nostalgia to a beignet when you try it. So we love the idea of actually bringing it here to Los Angeles. All our friends and our family are here and started up our business here for that reason. Mm. And people love sweets. They love That's sugar. I'm looking at it. I know, so it's got to be. I, first, I heard a couple things. I got to have it hot. Yes. What, is there anything else that has to go on it? Yes, powdered sugar. Okay. So that's the next part. So right here, we kind of like let it cool down for a second. Because most important, when you uh, cook your beignet, you want to like, you know, obviously it's fried in oil. So you want to let the oil kind of like dry off and also just like melt down, go back into the... Uh, into the fryer because once you put your powdered sugar you want it to just be like light and fluffy and, and powdered and you don't want it to kind of melt into it gotcha. so next part you ready, ready. <laughs> you're gonna have you're in for a treat all right so we just we bring it over here sorry this is how we really do because <laughs> sometimes you gotta move fast the hot ones these are the ones i actually made before all right, so then after that, it's sat here. We have like the air coming down on it a little, a little air conditioning. We're gonna put it inside our box. Whoop. For a large, it's usually five of them. And this is breakfast vibes. Actually, this is all day, all, all day. day. Heavy, all People day come vibes. in all hours. We have especially a lot of traffic in the afternoon and then in the evening it gets crazy from like seven till about 10 o'clock at night uh, or till we close, it's, it's really busy. So people come after after dinner as well. But let me tell you, I mm. mean, when you have a, a sugar fix, it's all hours. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. sometimes people, you might be in a bad mood, you might be sad, you might be going through something, you might be celebrating something. It literally is an all hours, any day, all the time kind of treat. So here you go. This oh, is the beignet box. Oh, man, beignet. I, I'm you excited. Try one? I'm excited. Yes. Thank you. This is the first. So. Ooh, there you go. Never had a beignet before? I have not. I have not. Make sure it's a warm one. I want to make this, sure I this. This is the perfect this. way to have it. All right. Yeah. I'm, I'll join you. Please. Is there you something ready? I can put should on we, this? Should we go to the go? table or you want to do it here? This is kind of cool. We're in Let's the kitchen. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, here we go. This one, ready? Let's go. Mm. 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 Yum, yum, yum. <laughs> <laughs> and then the more sugar you have, the more I'm... Oh. Right, you just cool. start getting in there and getting in the sugar. We right, have cool. dips, we have Nutella, we have jelly, jams, all type of things that you can also dip in as well. Gives you a different vibe every time. Oh, wow. So, welcome to Benyon Box. <laughs> <laughs> we are live at Benyon Box. <laughs> <laughs> you got it like it's quiet right now. Yes. We got the place for ourselves. For sure, for sure. <laughs> How Christina you guys doing? Million. How you doing? We're, I'm doing great. We are great. We're actually better now. Yeah. Yeah, we've had a taste of beignets. Yes, yes. We hit the, hit the sweet spot real quick. You know, sweeten up the day. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you for having us here. Appreciate it. Of course, no doubt, no doubt. This is a this is actually a really cool opportunity. I feel I feel like you know, it's crazy. I never imagined like going into the food industry, how it opens up so many doors, and touches so many people. But who doesn't love food? So. <laughs> we all gotta eat. Yeah, yeah, we all gotta eat. Exactly. Common denominator for life. So. Yep. You're a restaurateur, mm -hmm. and this is a brick-and-mortar location in Los Angeles. So just walk us through, like, the steps of actually getting this up and running, because I know it happened right before COVID. It did. So um, what's the thought process, and what was the, the wherewithal to actually get the permits and everything to get this up and running? Oh, wow. Look, I love the questions. It's great. <laughs> the permits, because that's a real question. Okay, so uh, Beignet Box started 
you know, actually like five years in advance of it actually becoming real. Uh, my best friend and I were roommates, thought of this idea because we loved beignets, thought we'd bring it to LA. LA is a great place because she's in marketing. Uh, she also works with different foundations. Um, I, as a celebrity, have many connections. And a lot of what brands are built on these days is kind of like social platforms through celebrities. And of course, you have a, have a good quality pro product. So our first plan was to build the strategy of what, what you know, we're not chefs. <laughs> she and I are not cooks, we're not chefs, but we just know this is a very special product and it's unique and it's a, in a place like Los Angeles, the type of connections that we have, it can actually go pretty far. Mm -hmm. So um, we started out in Louisiana, because my best friend's from there. We're at LSU, you got 75,000 fans, up to even 100,000 fans because people also tailgate. Mm -hmm. um, and we just started with a tent and some big fryers and some family and friends willing to help us cook and distribute these, these beignets to everybody that was there. So we branded, you know, the idea of beignet box, so simple, came up with the brand, came up with the look. Those were the, the base of how we created this idea. And uh, at first, when we said we'll bring it to LA, we thought of doing a brick and mortar. And we started to look around, we looked at, you know, different real estate, everything, leases, and it just became, it was so difficult to figure out, like, permits. We didn't know how long it was going to take to get a permit, to do build-outs. You have different things like a hood, you know, because we have fryers. All of these things that we we're going to have to actually invest a heavy amount of money into building, building out just to start. And we didn't know if it was going to work. You know, we know it works in Louisiana. People love beignets there. But in L.A., like, yes, we believe in it. We're that passionate about it. But we have to be smart. So one day we're just having a conversation. And Liz, her name is Elizabeth, by the way, Elizabeth Morris. That's my best friend. Um, she goes, why don't we do a food truck? I'm like, <laughs> you are crazy. Who's going to drive the food truck? But don't get me wrong, let me tell you, like years ago, I got into the food, food truck industry way early before it even got popular because my sister's like, one of them is a chef. In LA, the food truck industry is like, it kind of thrived, it kind of started and popularized, you know, the way that it is today in Los Angeles by the beaches. And uh, so I always did want to have a food truck, and I almost bought one a long time ago for my family so that we could do a food truck. Like a, Cuban food truck. Thank God we didn't. But, um, <laughs> but <laughs> we said, you know, with this one single product, you know, one thing that we're really good at, if we put that on a food truck and we make our rounds and we can make our way to the people, then we can figure out if this works, if they like it, all that. And so she actually, you know, did a lot of research. We were on Google and she ended up finding a food truck that was for, that wasn't even for lease. We were at the commissary just like seeing, because you have to park your truck at a commissary. And she was like, hey, what's that truck doing over there? And they're like, I don't know. That truck's been sitting there for months. The guy, it was like a fry truck for fries. They're like, the guy just hasn't come back in a while. She's like, give me his number. So she calls the guy and he's like, hey, I just did it as like a passion project that had a fries company and it was like for like maybe a month or two. He's like, I don't have the time to do it and I don't think it's, and it wasn't successful as I thought it would be. And she's like, well, can we lease it? And he said, go on, go for it. And so we leased it and let me tell you, within 30 days, we opened up our first beignet box truck. It was all, you know, all wrapped, fully wrapped. And the first day, actually, she even broke off the freaking, the window, the door of the damn car. Like, we had all the odds against us, but we were just determined. 
And the first day that we opened, it was right here in Studio City, right off of Ventura Boulevard, yeah. and people were lined up. Yeah. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. So when you start a business, there's a couple of things there. Location, 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 location yeah. is very important. Mm-hmm. You're from L.A., so you know the area a little bit. What made you decide right here in this spot? Well, you know, we decided L.A. and especially Studio City because this is kind of like I've grown here. Um, I've been in Los Angeles since 1995, grew up in Maryland, and was always like a valley girl. All my best friends here in the valley, like all my really like good friends in Los Angeles are from here. And so um, doing it here just felt like, you know, they say with most business, the best place to start is through your family and friends. You're not always going to get the support. It doesn't always happen. But I feel like we have a good trust system with our friends and a good trust system with our family that they want the best for us. And, 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 and it proved well. And I think we're also good people. So when you bring that kind of energy to the table, I think it all, what goes around comes back around. So Studio City, for that reason, family and friends, that, and then on top of that, the celebrity aspect, the movie sets, the big events that are constantly happening. When you have a food truck, you can kind of go to where the business is, figure out, like, really kind of brand new. It's like a, a driving billboard. Like, there's times we're on the freeway and people are, like, beeping the horn, like, Dang, hey, boss, where are you going? You know, so we're a driving billboard, you know, uh, even if you haven't tried it and you've seen it, you'll remember Benny box when it drives past you. <laughs> so let me ask you this, because you, you did two things simultaneously. A yeah. lot of people, they have food trucks uh-huh. or somebody might have a restaurant. Yeah. You have a restaurant and food trucks, which it's a different experience. Yeah. The food truck is on the road, obviously, mm-hmm. and the restaurant is here, brick and mortar. Uh-huh. So why did why did you do both simultaneously? Because most yeah. people would have thought to just do one. Well, you know, actually, we didn't do simultaneous. So, like, because we figured out it was going to be very costly and all the permits, and we really couldn't find a location that we loved to do a brick and mortar, we first tried it out for the first year, actually. I'd say probably a year, maybe less, maybe nine months is when we just, we did the food truck. And we had so many people asking about when are you going to, when are you going to open more? Where are you going next? And are you going to franchise? All that stuff. And so we said, okay, we need one place that, you know, because we're always in Studio City, like this is going to be like our flagship shop because people know like that's where we started. Mm -hmm. And then the trucks will be able to go out to more places. So it wasn't a simultaneous thing. We made sure that we've kind of just continued to reinvest the money that we make on the business into the next place that we will open um, for now until we actually franchise. So there's a lot of interest for franchising, but we just really work very hard on the operations management. And of course, we we went through this during COVID. So we learned a lot of lessons uh, during COVID. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Did we have this location? Uh, Yeah. Wait, wait, did we have this? No, we had this location. We opened it like the year after yeah, COVID. COVID, it was in 20, 2020, yes. Which one is more beneficial for you, the food trucks or the brick and mortar? The food trucks are more beneficial. 
Yeah, because we get higher uh, with the just larger amounts of customers uh, when overhead. it comes to, yeah, less overhead, absolutely, clean up, cool. everything. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you do come across issues where, like, sometimes the truck breaks down or it can only go so far. There are still generator, you know, there's, there's still, you come across a lot of different issues. And then after COVID, too, just even just finding employees and people to yeah. work, it was a, it's, it's a very difficult time, but I think it's starting to land back in a good place again. So, so how, I mean, when we came in, you were cooking. Yeah. Like, this is what I was doing. Cooking, we were getting, driving. We were driving the trucks. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, this sounds great for an entrepreneur who's getting into the restaurant uh, business, uh -huh. but your passion and the way we knew you originally was through acting yeah. and music. So how are you managing all these things at the same time? How? Well, don't forget I'm a mom, mom, mom Most too. Most important job. So when you, when you can become a mom, first off, okay, well, I'd say the way that I manage all of these things, I come from a very, I'm a Cuban, I'm a Cuban girl, Cuban background, family, that, you know, that escaped Cuba to come to America to make a better life for me and my family, you know? And that's the way I see it. I saw my parents work hard. They were 17, 18 years old when they had me. My dad had three, to, three jobs at a time. Uh, my mom, same thing, raising three girls, taking us to so many different, I can't even imagine doing the things that she did in my, <laughs> in my time. Um, but, I watched my parents be such hard workers and multitaskers and also be the coolest parents too. There was something about them that was just like, we still had fun. We, we would be broken, I never felt it, you know what I mean? Because um, they hustled so hard and they made life just fun. So watching them do that just kind of like, it's ingrained in me. And also my, my dad and my mom just, they would talk to me in these, these powerful conversations about what I can be and that nothing is, you know, impossible. As long as I believe in it, and so them telling me that, um, and as a kid, I've been acting since I was a kid. I've been in music since I was a kid. I've been an entertainer since forever, since I can remember doing sports, doing all the stuff. Um, it only just—it's—it's it's actually just—it's very natural for me. It feels very natural how it all falls into place. And yes, my first love was was music and acting, but. Uh, maybe my first love was food because I love to eat. <laughs> the original first love. I like to be, I love to be an entrepreneur and I love this era of where we're at. And I grew up watching all these amazing, like, especially people in my place. Like, I mean, our boy Diddy, like Diddy, uh, Snoop, um, you know, there's J-Lo, there's uh, 50 Cent. All those people, I remember watching them do what they did, and I was so inspired. Like, I'd have chills even to this day thinking about it because I said, that's what I want to be. That's what I want to do because uh, it just, I, I didn't want to – I wanted to own something. Mm -hmm. I want to have ownership to something. I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I was definitely taking notes. So talk about the experience that you've curated here because mm -hmm. I feel like part of it is the food experience, but yeah. for a restaurant to be successful, it has to be more than just food. Yeah. So I'm looking around. It kind of gives me like a 60s, 50s, happy days type of vibe. <laughs> yeah. Um, so talk about, you know, the decor, the experience that you want yeah. to curate when people come into the establishment. Yeah. Well, the, uh, the actual feel of this place, I can see what you're saying with that too, is um, it's kind of more, we kind of like a timeless, Los Angeles, 
but just also like elements of New Orleans. Like when you look at our floors, you will look and you will find the tables, marble tables, and you'll find, you know, these type of tables that are specifically made for this restaurant. But if you're in New Orleans, you'll see these tables out on the street in front of restaurants. You'll see the awning. You'll see the stripes. When you're in France, you'll see a lot of stripes are a very common thing that you'll see as part of a branded thing for the awnings, things like that. Mm -hmm. So it's really got like a flair. And also we're, we're girls, two girls that are owning it. So you got like this feminine flair, but also kind of like keeps it in a mild place where, you know, it's friendly, it's soft, uh, and has a sense of a feel of nostalgia. And every time we're here, like every couple months, we change up some of the decor, make it like balloons. We have a lot of families here, people of all ages. And um, I think the biggest thing about beignets and also why we also did that is because it has a feel of nostalgia. Like you're always gonna remember the first time you tried a beignet. Because literally, I, I like every time when, when we open the truck, people will tell me their whole full story. Like, I was at Disneyland, I was in New Orleans, I was this, you know? So we want there to be a sense of comfort and a really just good, smooth feel, and it's nice and bright, too. Yeah. There's a great chance I'm gonna remember my first beignet. Yeah, I made it for you. <laughs> this is true. As we're also looking around, I'm seeing different verticals. You talked about the food truck, we have the brick and mortar, you said franchising down the line. Mm -hmm. Are you seeing other opportunities? I saw that the merch is hanging. Yeah. Maybe we're going to start having recipes or <laughs> licensing into, into you know, yeah. franchise markets. Yeah. What, what type of verticals do you see for, for the business? Well, that's what we'd like to do. In the future, um, we're looking at definitely licensing, you know, beignet box. People want to bring beignet box home and make it hot and fresh themselves. So uh, that's, you know, in the plan as well as uh, franchising more beignet box because People everywhere ask us, when are you going to open it in my state? When are you going to open it in my country? You know, we've done statewide, you know, tours in our truck before, and you should have seen just people were lined up. And I mean thousands of people lined up to try beignet box because they've seen a Kim Kardashian try it. They've seen, you know, that Kelly Rowland, Beyonce, uh, um, Heidi Klum. They've seen all these super mega stars actually post or, you know, that they've had beignet box, you know? So people love that part, the accessing what other people are so intrigued by. Mm -hmm. And then, like I said, this is gonna bring desserts to more people. So yes, we do have the merch, that is part of it. I think uh, people like to walk away with a little something sometimes, you know? Mm -hmm. Our sweatshirts are super comfy too, I wear them all day. <laughs> I was gonna fabrics. wear it today, but I was like, <laughs> let me be a professional. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, and, and, and really just sticking to plan. We love our classic powdered sugar beignets. We're not like, you know, filling them with a lot of stuff. You know, we really, people love what the classic is. And then over time, we will consider, you know, growing it in different ways like a Starbucks would, you know? So um, a good friend of ours, Pinky Cole, you know her? Wait, I she has a restaurant called Slutty Vegan. Oh, yes, yes. Um, oh, my gosh. She's... Yeah. Killing it. Yeah. Incredible. So I'm like, that, that, she's another person that I'm like, whenever I see any kind of like story about her, I'm, I'm instantly reading the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, she raised $25 million outside money. Wow. Which valued her company at $100 million and that helped her. Like, she's going to put locations all, all throughout America, I think like over 20 locations. Mm -hmm. So would you or are you considering raising outside capital? Uh, definitely. I mean, right now we work together. We, over time, uh, because we were opening more locations and have had a lot of big interests, you know, we have partnerships with some people, um, specifically like Alexis O'Heinen, which is Serena uh, Williams' husband. Mm -hmm. 
Um, we have a, a lot of people interested, and it's just who's the right people to bring on board, um, because we could take money from anything or anywhere, but uh, that's not the purpose right now. We want to really make a, a big impact, you know, for ourselves working with the right people um, and make sure it's in control, like keep control of it as long as we can. If we want to continue to just own it on our you own. You want to be careful who you take money from. Exactly. So you're not We're very careful about where we take money from. That's important. Yes. So, all right, let's talk about another culinary experience if we can um, that yeah. you had Viva Diva <laughs> <Ron>. <laughs> Yes. Um, some learning experiences from that experience, right? What, so yeah. what, what was that and what happened and what did you learn from that experience? Okay, so I've learned a lot of things. I had to learn these things. If I wanted to be an entrepreneur, like you gotta, you gotta take some chances. Mm -hmm. You gotta follow your heart. You gotta have that fire. In order to even start any business, you gotta have a good feeling about it. Um, I started off with Viva Diva as the face of the brand, and uh, the gentleman that owned the company at the time was just selling his whole food company. Like, Viva Diva wasn't the only brand that he had. He had, like, sauces. and It was like a food company. So he was selling everything off, and so I asked if I could buy Viva Diva because Viva Diva was doing very well, actually, and it was Moscato. So oh. Moscato, that was kind of like a good, like, step into the wine world and it actually tasted good so it's not it wasn't some like cheap nasty thing like i really loved it and people loved the flavor of this wine um so i took it i bought it uh rebranded it and uh ended up getting this really like too good to be true kind of deal that came from a company which i won't mention <laughs> and they they wanted a huge order um and so we had to order in advance everything while the deal was getting done. Mm. So we made this really, really big order. And let's just say the person that I was doing the deal with got fired. And so we were left with all this wine in a warehouse and trying to figure out how to distribute a lot of wine. And it's not easy. Uh, a lot of people have to recognize when you're in that kind of field of business, you know, you're dealing with just alone, just like warehousing the product, it can't just be in a storage. It mm -hmm. has to be specifically held with a company that has the permits and the license for that. Mm -hmm. So you're paying for that every month. Um, and don't get me wrong, I had a lot of fun doing it, but it's such a hard business. There's so much competition in that field um, that, you know, I had to cut off, you know, cut off the, <laughs> cut off a dead arm, you know? It eventually just felt like it just wasn't going to allow me to, whether it was make the money, there was no other way to, it would have debted me. And it did debt me in mm -hmm. a lot of ways. But I, there was so much that I learned from it. And there's so much that I learned about, hey, don't, don't make a big order until the deal's done. <laughs> you know? Um, and I've learned that in a couple things. You know, there's been a couple times where, you know, there have been conversations and you think maybe conversations are really like that's the deal is done and you have a handshake on that but it's not and you can be left with a lot of product but I've learned a lot about uh, you know marketing I you know met a lot of people who love the product and now I know that business and um, it taught me a lot so that it can get me to where I am today yeah so I mean you had the, the wine business I know you did yeah. Julie. How, how do you go about approaching your next entrepreneurial journey because I feel like this one, when I hear you talk about yeah. uh, beignet box, yeah. there's like there's an excitement here, yeah. right? There's a different feeling. It almost yeah. feels like, yeah, those things I was passionate about. This yeah. almost feels like a purpose project. Yeah. So how do you how do you approach it when it's a, a new endeavor? Well, this one does have purpose. I will say, you know, our biggest thing about doing beignet box, um, it started off 
the only reason I was actually in New Orleans is because Elizabeth is, uh, she has a foundation. So we were, you know, started off with this foundation rebuilding homes in Louisiana after Hurricane Katrina. And this is like even 10 years after Katrina. So mm -hmm. there are still families that were displaced and everything. And um, we had an investor that was like, you know, sending money in, not sending money in, but they were helping fund a lot of the foundation. And we had gotten to a point where that person had <clears throat> had a situation with their funds, you know, personally, and they were no longer allowed to do that. So we said, how are we going to be able to do this ourselves? How are we going to be able to help people? How are we able to unfold this in a way where we don't have to go to people? So. Um, you know, that's the basis of where this started. Of course, it was like, yes, two friends who really wanted to, but we were like, this serves a purpose later on, whether it's through employment, it's through employing single moms, through helping other foundations. We are a part of a lot of different things, and so that's also what makes it so exciting. My other projects that I've done, I can say, I mean, Viva Diva was a thing that I liked it and I fell into it and I was like, I want to own it because I felt like it was a boss move. Mm -hmm. But there were other things like my clothing line, We Are Pop Culture, that I was like, it was an, I, like a t-shirt was presented to me and I was like, let's go, let's, let's try it. And next thing you know, I was so passionate about it, I opened a store, I shut down Melrose, did a big like, I was so about it, you know? And it was great, but it also wasn't make, it wasn't profitable. You know, but then, but it was, I actually, I had so much fun doing it. And so I really didn't have a problem putting it, a stop to it. It just wasn't profitable. And I had to manage my brand. I had to manage my time. Um, same thing goes for, uh, what else did I do? I had a hookah business. <laughs> I've, I've done a lot of different things that I've been so passionate about. And it also served a time in my life. You know, I'm not doing hookah. And I have, you know, right now, you know, uh, you know, ele electronic portable hookahs because I'm a mom. I have three kids. It's like, what is the representation to my brand now? Back then, I was in the club. I was partying. I was having a good time selling off hookah. Everybody was a distributor in America. Let me tell you, we had so many distributors. Everybody could be a distributor. And we were making good money. That was my first ever business I ever started. It was called Platinum E Hookahs. And that business in itself, I hit that, like, that mark. I started that right before, like, right at the beginning of when that was like popularized, the vaporized and all that stuff. But then, you know, I was like, you know, I, the com committing to something like that, I also didn't know, you know, what the outcome is to people's health. Sure. You know, so there were things that I had to consider that maybe just didn't fit into my brand and also didn't fit into who I am as a person and my beliefs as well. What's poppin' guys, it's Jay Jonah here from Blowing Smoke. If you're a fan of fun, insightful, and breakthrough conversations, then be sure to check out and subscribe to The Blowing Smoke Podcast, a show that covers life experiences and firsthand testimonies from some of your biggest names in your favorite industries. And it's all brought to you exclusively right here by The Revolt Podcast Network, anchored in hip-hop, powered by creators. So, as a celebrity... I'm sure you get approached with a lot of different business ideas. Right? Yeah. How do you filter and say, this is a good idea, this, yeah. I, nothing is ever guaranteed, yeah. but I know you don't want to just throw money anywhere and everywhere. No. So how do you know, okay, this is something I really want to do and this is something that I'll put on the side? Um, the way I make most of my decisions um, as far as investing money or time, um, really it's, it's, a very, it's, like it's a very small cluster um, because... At this point in my life, uh, it's time. Time is money. <laughs> time is money. Like, I don't have time to waste. 
um, my brain. Like I know for me, when they talk about self-care and they talk about being anxious and anxiety, like I know what I can deal with mentally. I know what I can bring to the table. So I just think about what do people want? What's good for people? What's, what's needed? What's unique about this product or this thing? Um, what's so special? Do I love it? I really, I'm a very much a consumer and have always been a consumer all my life. Like, I'm always, you could sell me anything. <laughs> and I'm like, eh. and the next thing you know, it gets popular. I'm like, ah, you know what? I was on point. So, um, you know, <laughs> um, so I think I kind of can go off of, uh, off of a gut decision. Um, and then I have a good team of people. Sometimes I make these decisions on my own and it doesn't involve a lot of people. And then they're like, why didn't you come to us? You know, and I'm like, I'm just following my heart, you know, yeah. but I've learned a lot from just, <laughs> from it. just doing that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, and there's a lot of heart about all of this at the end of the day. But, um, yeah, it's, it's very few things that I've added to the table right now because I know what I can handle. So we have entrepreneur, restaurateur, yep. actress, entertainer, mother of three. What do you want the legacy of Christi Christina Milian to be? Um, well, I've always wanted to be, you know, it's funny, as a kid, when I started all this, I would look at Michael Jackson and all these people, not to say I'm any at their level at all, but I just always wanted to be a part of history. I wanted people to remember me at some point. I don't know why, I just, because I, it would make people feel something. I wanted to inspire people because they inspired me. And so I think making a mark in this world and other, and making an impact in people's lives and changing their lives just the way other people have done for me. And that's at the minimum and that's at the maximum. And I'm talking about it could be superstars or that there's people at the minimum that have changed my life when I needed it the most. Um, that's what I'd like to be, I'd, I'd like to do. And I don't need the credit for it. And it's not about now, now at this point, it's not about like, I, I've, I've made history now. I've got songs in, you know, in, the, in the bag. We got movies in the bag. We're good. Made history. But I love the fact that I can make people feel something. You know, I, I want to make them feel through food, through music, and then in person. I love meeting people and making them feel good. And um, I think when you stay humble, you stay nice, you stay, you know, just, just living and thriving in what life is and appreciative, like it exudes out and that can change people's lives every day. What's the biggest financial mistake or lesson that you dealt with? Um, I think my biggest financial mistake that I dealt with was Diva Diva. <laughs> that cost me, but you know, it, it cost me, it cost me a couple hundred thousand, um, if we want to call numbers, that, but it's not, not that, that bad, not you know, that it really isn't that bad, you know, and Rel a couple relative, hundred thousand. Relatively speaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, relatively speaking, it's not that bad, but, um. Like Steve Harvey lost 18 million <laughs> in taxes, so that's what I'm saying, like, that's. Yeah. Well, mine isn't that bad. Yeah. Love, 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 love does cost a thing. I love that. Sure does. <laughs> That's a fact. Uh, yes, it does sometimes, for real. That is a fact. But you know what? I, yeah, my, my losses aren't as, they're not that bad at all. And they've actually huge gains when it comes to the lessons that I've learned from them. There you have it. Well, yeah. thank you for hosting us at your hey. beautiful establishment. Thank you. And, uh, we encourage everybody to come and get a beignet it's at all times. Come of the get day. some beignets all, all day. day. All day. <laughs> beignet all day. There you have it. <laughs>
This is a Fast Financial Fact sponsored by Xfinity. This week's fact, learning from losses is an essential aspect of professional and personal growth. Remember, setbacks and losses are a natural part of life. Embracing them as learning experiences can ultimately lead to personal growth, increased resilience, and an improved future outcome. Assets Over Liabilities is presented by Xfinity. something happens to your kitchen you might say this is ludicrous but that won't fix your home that will only get you the rapper ludicrous having trouble don't panic don't be alarmed you need to file a claim holla at state farm like a good neighbor state farm is there that's right you can file a claim on the app or call us thanks mr chris no matter how ludicrous the situation like a good neighbor state farm is there state farm bloomington illinois